listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. happy that you're alive? Yeah? Or as one pastor used to say, how many are happy you're not in jail? Okay. Better to be here than in jail. Okay. So today's message is called, Hang On. What to do when the storm won't go away. What to do when the storm won't go away. To give you a little backstory on our scripture today, and it's a little bit long. I'm going to be reading from Acts 27, and we have to kind of get the full context here. Dr. Luke is writing this, and he says, we. So we have every reason to believe that Dr. Luke was on this ship with the Apostle Paul at the time. And Paul was on this ship because he had been arrested. He was on his way to Jerusalem, and he had several prophetic words. They were warnings. They were saying, hey, something's going to go down in Jerusalem. Be careful. Some of, some of the prophets even told him not to go. But he knew in his spirit he had an appointment in Jerusalem. And it was an appointment actually with the government. <laughs> there were false charges that were brought against him. And he started a journey... Now, he also had a word that he was going to go to Rome. Now, it wasn't that he bought tickets and flew first class from Jerusalem to Rome. That would have been nice. That would have been the shortest way to do it. How many know God doesn't always choose the shortest or the most convenient way to get you from point A to point B? This is a good example of that. So now Paul is on his way to Rome... He's not really a violent criminal. He's more of a civil, whatever you want to call it. So they have a guard in charge of him. He gets to take a couple friends along. Those must have been good friends. I'm going to trial. Can you come along? So Dr. Luke is there. They're on a ship. They're heading to Rome. And winter is approaching, I'd like music and sound effects, but we don't have that today. Okay, Acts 27. You can follow along on your screen. Pay attention to the little details. The little details are important. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. And a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it, they were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast, 
So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship, and we were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last, all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the Lord God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid. Paul, you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread and gave thanks to God before them all and broke off a piece and he ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they should get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and let them into the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely to shore. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us this morning as we've worshiped, as we've heard these encouraging words that have been shared this morning. We take them to heart. We thank you for the living word, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the word of God that is powerful and alive and does what you desire it to do. God, have your way in us today. Lord, show us truth, show us life, and we thank you that you give us wisdom for today. In Jesus' name, 
amen. Amen. All right, what a delightful story. Shipwreck. You know, when I was a kid, we used to watch Gilligan's Island after school. It was on every day. I think I've seen every episode about 12 times. Yeah. Well, it was no, they did not land on Gilligan's Island, okay? This was the Isle of Malta. And the thing about this story is that it is historically absolutely accurate to the geography, to the weather patterns of the day, the meteorology, to the practices of what they would do as sailors in that day and age. And it reads as a history lesson of how they navigated the Mediterranean. You do not sail in the wintertime. And Paul, when he told them, stay put for the winter, that would be the practice. But for some reason, they didn't like that port, and it was a pretty day. How many of us have launched out on something just because it was a nice day? It seemed nice at the time, but it didn't work out so well later on. And so in his gut, he warned them. They went anyway. Before you know it, they're being pushed for 14 days adrift. All hope was gone, it says right here. It might have been for the sailors, but it wasn't for Paul. Because he had the hope inside of him. All hope is never gone when we have God. So all hope is gone, they have a shipwreck, they make it with their very lives, and that's it, okay? So, in our day, in our time, there are experiences we have where it seems all hope is gone. We're not going to make it, we're not going to go on, let's just die. No, you have Jesus, so you have hope. And if you have faith in Jesus Christ, then... Dying is actually a promotion. Yeah, we're going to miss you when you're gone, but if you love Jesus, you're in heaven. So, hello. Hope is always there. Even in the face of death, there is hope with Jesus Christ. So quickly this morning, number one, God has a plan. How many believe that? God has a plan. God is the great planner. We looked at that at the beginning of the year. He just doesn't have a planner. He is the planner. And he has plans for us that are greater than we could ever imagine. So we need to line up our thoughts, stop being limited, and get into the unlimited because God's a supernatural God and he calls us into the supernatural with him. That plan includes us. His plan included the church. His plan included Tim Crouch. He saw it beforehand. He knew Tim before he was born. He said, I have a plan for my son, Tim Crouch. And I could go through everybody here. If you believe in Jesus Christ, submit yourself to his will, he has a plan. Yes, and some, have been, some of us have been walking in that plan since we were young. I remember at Bible school, I knew God had a plan for the nations. I did not think it included Midlothian. 
But God had a plan. He got me here just as quick as he could. It took about 20 years, but he got me here. All right, God has a plan for Josiah. He'll be graduating in May. He's got a plan. He's already working on the next step. He's already going for it. God has a plan. And the cool thing about walking in God's plan is that even when we might get it off by one or two degrees, God can bring us back home if we're submitted to him each and every day. And here was this ship adrift for 14 days. And you can look at the map and going in the direction they were going over that period of time, they would have ended up right where they ended up on the Isle of Malta on their way to Rome because they were on their way to the next thing. All right, number two, storms. Storms, opposition, call it whatever you want to call it, cannot stop God's plan. Storms cannot get in the way. Number three, what do we do? What do we do? This storm, it won't go away. Our job is to hang on. That's all they had of that ship at the very end. He said, swim to shore, and if you can't swim, grab onto something and just hang on. Do not let go. They were at their last thread of hope. Hang on and stay encouraged until the plan is accomplished. Hang on and stay encouraged. How do we do that? We're going to look at that this morning. All right. Historically, in the Word of God, and we've talked about this in prior weeks. It's kind of a theme for this season we've been in. God had a plan to get the disciples to the other side of the lake. When Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side, there was a storm. The storm did not interrupt the plan. Oh, listen to this. This is so good. The storm didn't interrupt the plan because the storm got interrupted by God. Yeah? Storm is nothing to God. It's a big deal to us. When you're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of your storm, I am not making a light, light of your storm. I've had my share. Man, it's a big deal when you're in the middle of it. You know, hurricane season. We see the satellite and the news. Oh, the weather channel. They love hurricanes. Because what happens when that hurricane... I've got parents in Florida... I've got people I love in South Texas. You know, we're a little fur further away. You know, when the hurricanes come this way, we're, we pray for rain here. <laughs> Send us a little of the rain. Can we just get it? Don't hurt anybody, but get it up here. Yeah, we had a, the, one of the worst hurricane seasons ever this past year on top of everything else. I even forgot about the hurricanes because <laughs> we have so much else going on, right? Okay, so with satellite imaging, the satellite view of the hurricane, what does it look like? This big circle, it's got a swirl here and a swirl here, and it's all wound up. 
Isn't that what we do in a storm? We get all wound up. Oh, I remember when the first one hit Florida after my parents moved there. They, they went out to Orlando to a condo there. And you know, all the power went out in every other building but the, the building they were in. My mom knows how to pray, okay? She was like, she was out on her balcony rebuking the wind. And <laughs> they lost power at their house. They had to go and clean out the fridge, and they went back to Orlando. Okay, they made it. Praise God. That was a weird hurricane. It sucked all the water out of Tampa Bay and then sent it back in. Storms are unpredictable. They come many times, as it did here on the lake, at a moment's notice. Sometimes they, we went canoeing, my famous canoeing story. <laughs> found an island, found the high ground, pitched the tents, Josiah. Pitch the tents. There were no storms in the forecast. Normally there is no cell signal on the river. Thank you, Jesus. No cell signal. Suddenly we got a cell signal, and Amber's texting Jeremy, Storms are coming! Are you on high ground? Yes, dear. The storm came out of nowhere. wasn't in the forecast. Probably just hit that one island and then left. Well, I had a waterproof tent. The rest is history. All right. The storm didn't interrupt the plan because the storm got interrupted by God. Okay, God had a plan to have Jonah go and preach in Nineveh. The storm was caused by God because... That was not Jonah's plan. Nineveh, heck no. I don't think he even said heck, okay? <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm going to buy a ticket to the other direction. I'm not even going to just stay put. I'm going to put as much distance between me and Nineveh as possible. Watch out when God calls you to do something or go somewhere. Now, this is why we're not supposed to lean to our own understanding, because our own understanding will kill us sometimes. Our own understanding will get us in the middle of a storm. So he got on that ship. He bought a ticket to Tarshish, and worst storm ever. And so Joan is like, uh, I'm the cause. Throw me overboard. Great. He's a prophet. I have a word throw me overboard. <laughs> That's pretty bad when you're prophesying your own doom, okay? I blew it. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm dead. Okay. The storm was caused by God to turn Jonah around and get him back on his mission. A fish helped. <laughs> God commanded a fish. Oh. This looks like seaweed. He says, seaweed was wrapped around my neck. He was camouflaged as seaweed. He looked like something interesting in the water. Okay, the fish swallows him. Sometimes we're unwilling, but God has a way of making us willing. Any testimonies? <laughs> yeah, I've been there too. Okay, I'll go to Nineveh's not looking so bad anymore. <laughs> and there's a revival. He had an appointment with revival. 
Of course, he was even upset about that. Jonah was just, he needed counseling. He should have been at Celebrate Recovery. He had hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Yeah. Okay, moving on. God had a plan to get Paul to Rome. Like I said, it wasn't first class on Alitalia. Alal, whatever. God had a plan because he wanted him to preach in the capital to testify about God in the courts and before Caesar. The angel said, you will appear before Caesar. Wow. And to encourage the church by writing letters. Paul, you're going to have a writing ministry. A shipwreck, a snake bite, the will of conspirators, bad leadership, and refusing to follow Paul's advice did not stop Paul from getting to his destination. Do you hear me today? Look at all that stuff that got in his way. It just wasn't the storm. It was bad leadership. People that would set out at the wrong time of year just because there was one nice day. You know, leaders don't always get it right. But a leader can't stop you from getting to your destiny if God is your true leader. Yeah, God uses leaders to build character in us. I've had some doozies. Yeah. The first people we worked with when we went overseas. Bad. Crazy. Oh, my goodness. The things I learned of what not to do. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. I could start telling you. You would not believe me. Buy me a cup of coffee. I'll tell you. But guess what? There's no bitterness in here. None. There was for a couple years. I couldn't even talk about it. We came back early. We were wounded. We were hurt. I left on a high that God was going to save all of England. I came back so low I couldn't lift my hands up in chapel. I remember standing in the back, seeing all the people dancing and getting crazy at Christ for the Nations, and I'm like, they have no clue what it's like out there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're laughing now. I was not laughing at the time. It was true. But God restored. I went back to England 15 years ago on a high and stayed on a high. Didn't want to come back. It was the best experience ever, besides working here. God has a plan. Bad leadership can't stop it. Even when people don't follow your advice. I'm going to pack my bags and go home because no one's listening to me. I gave those people a word. Well, I don't know. If we did everything everyone told us all the time, we'd be changing direction so many times. You know, it said the bigger the wheel, the slower it turns. <laughs> this, this wheel isn't that big, so you don't have to worry about that. But even when people don't go along with your bright ideas, it doesn't mean that your plan is ruined. Paul didn't get off the ship, excuse me, Centurion, 
and my escort entourage, Luke and Aristarchus. We're getting the next boat out. No, I'm sure God said, you stay put. I need you on this ship. But the ship's going down, God. Anyone been on a sinking ship? And you wanted to get off? And everything in you said, get off the ship. Shipwrecks await. I've been on one of those ships. I have. And everything in me said, run. God said, you stay put. I'm, you're going to survive. The ship may not survive. But you and the people you care about, they're going to survive. Sometimes we got to stay put. Sometimes we got to run. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. All right. Paul stayed on the ship because he knew he was going to get to his destination no matter what. And then... God has a plan to get us, you and I, believers, Christ followers, worship leaders, deacons, elders. God has a plan to get us to where he wants us. Storms come and go. Pandemics come and go. Hurricane season, it comes and it goes. Elections come and go. I think I counted up. I've lived through 12 of them. Yeah? 12. I'm not that old. The year I turned 18, it was election year, 76. Jimmy Cotter was running. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that to his Georgia accent. All right. He was on the cover of Charisma magazine. Him and his sister, Ruth Carter Staples. She's a faith healer. Anyway, I digress. God has a plan to get us where he wants us. Storms come and go. Stuff comes and it goes. What goes around, comes around. Some last longer than others. Hang on. The word today is hang on. If it's just a plank, if that's all that's left of the ship, just hang on. Our faith. Hang on to your faith. Don't give up your faith. Because there's a few obstacles, guys. Jesus didn't stop. Paul didn't stop. Isaiah didn't stop. Jeremiah didn't stop. God told them when he called them. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't you love that? <laughs> I'm calling you to preach, young man. And guess what? No one's going to listen. Jeremiah 5, I just read it this morning. You're going to be like fire, and they're going to be like wood, but there's going to be a wall there. But I'm faithful, and i got to speak it before I do it, whether they heed it or not. Oh, wow. You know, we judge ourselves by the results we get. I remember being young in the ministry and thinking, nothing is happening around here. My definition of success and God's definition of success are often quite different. Did Paul look real successful uh, uh, with an armed entourage heading to trial in Rome? This guy, he'd been on three missionary journeys. This was his fourth missionary journey. It was just a little bit different. 
It didn't look real good. You know what God reminded me of when I started whimpering in my 20s about nothing much going on? Jesus was successful, but it didn't look too great when he was headed for the cross. Jesus was the greatest ministry success that ever lived. He did more in the time he was on, his, on the earth. It says that books couldn't even contain all the stuff that happened, even in that one time period. God's definition of success is, did I hear his voice, and did I do what he told me to do, and did I keep on, and did I not give up? Sometimes not giving up is the greatest success. God has grace for you, grace for you to accomplish what he calls each one of us to do, whether it's what we envisioned or not. All right, hang on. I'm almost done. <laughs> hang on. We must stay connected to him and not join in with the drama around us. You know how Paul got through this? He stayed connected with God on the ship, even though the wind, the drama, the, everything that was going on around him, he was in the eye of that hurricane. What does it feel like in the eye? The sun shines. It's beautiful. It's calm. Paul was in the center of God's will. Okay, how did Paul survive the storm? Number one, he knew he was on a mission. He knew he was on a mission. Brothers and sisters, we have a mission. It's the Great Commission. God's given us a mission. Number two, he knew God was with him and he was with God. That's what Bobby was saying this morning. God is with us more than we know. He's closer than we know. He's greater than we know. He says when he gets up and testifies that they're going to make it, they're not going to die, when the angel comes and tells him, hang on, Paul. I mean, this was pretty bad. If Paul the Apostle needed an angel to tell him it was going to be okay, I used to pray to see stuff like that. I don't. Because if you, if you do, there's a reason God sent an angel. Something's going to happen that's pretty strong, okay? So just, you know, keep the angels over there. All right. <laughs> But he says to the ship, the God who I belong to, I belong to God. Anyone who touches me has to go through God. We need to know that. I belong to God. And the God whom I serve. If I am in his service, he's going to take care of me. He's going to cover my overnight expenses. He's going to keep me protected. He's going to restore anything that was lost. I'm in his service. Okay, number three. Paul heard the word of the Lord. Okay? We need a word in these times. Whether it's the word in the Bible, sometimes you'll run across just the verse you need that day. Amen? Or you get a word from somebody else. Or God speaks it into your heart, but you hang on to that word. This time it was from an angel, but Paul had heard the word in many ways over the years. Even Jesus had spoken to him. Okay? 
Paul knew God and he knew his voice. You want to make it through the storm? You know God. You know his voice. You press into him. This walk of faith is not for weaklings or wimps. But the good news is that when I am weak, he is... Thank you. All right, number four. He was not afraid to share the word with others when it was time. You know what? Paul's heart was for the world. God's going to preserve this whole ship, guys. I care about you. I'm not just slipping out the back door and letting this ship go. And that's to be our attitude about the world. Okay? So what? I have insurance that I'm going to heaven and I'm all comfortable and I have my family and I'm going to make it and I've got my food and I've got my shelter and I've got my stuff and I've got my peace and I've got my joy. No, it's not just for you. God blesses us so that we will be a blessing. He gives us a word so we can share the word. This is about the whole world. God is not willing that any should perish. And he put us here to share the good news. And that's good news, is that there is hope, even when it looks hopeless. What was Paul's advice? It comes from verse 25, and this boils it down. And it says, just like when Jesus was on the water and the wind and the waves and Peter was trying to get out to him, Paul says, take courage. Be strong. It's okay. Believe God. Now, this is a belief that is stronger than just knowing he's there. The demons know he's there. Yeah? Do you have faith more than a demon? I hope so. That would be a good book. Faith more than a demon. Okay. <laughs> no, that means to trust him. That means he's your firm foundation. That means that no matter what happens, God's going to take care of me. That's called faith. I don't need faith when everything's perfect. I need faith when the ship's going down. And then it will be just as he said. Not what CNN says, not what Fox says, not what your favorite blogger says. It's what he says. Because he knows it all. He's got the whole world in his hands. All right, so this is the word today. I'm going to say it one more time. It's such a great picture. Hang on to God. Hang on. Some days, some days, and I've been there, right? Some days I'm just hanging on. Not every day, not every situation. Hang on. You will reach your destination. Okay? All of us want the quick fix. We love the story of Jesus taking a nap in the boat. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Oh, Jesus, he's just sleeping right now. He doesn't know about the storm. Jesus, wake up. We're dying. So Jesus wakes up, blinks a few times, says, peace be still. And then he looks at them like... You guys had the authority to do that. You just didn't know it. Okay, well, we like that story because guess what happens to the storm? Gone. How many have rebuked the storm a few times and it's still there? Yeah? yeah? You wake up, your husband's still there. Okay. <laughs> no, hang on. It's the long-haul faith we've got to have 
in this season, and God will meet us, and we're going to get to the other side, and we're going to do everything he's called us to do. Is everyone excited about that? All right, we're going to have communion right now. So if you guys would come up and set out the elements. Our communion is open to any believer in Jesus Christ. And we have our statement of faith in the back at the welcome desk there. So if you're a believer, if you've asked Jesus into your life, it says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? So would you stand with me? We kind of do this meal family style. That means you come and get the elements when you're ready. And you can receive with your family. If you're not here with family, just invite someone in to be family. Because again, if we're believers... We're all family, amen? Whether we're from Nigeria originally, don't they look amazing? Yeah, they do. Yeah. This is my brother and sister. We have DNA. Yes, we do. All right. Nobody's over here. But anyway, family from England. Yeah, I forgive you. Um, you weren't born yet. <laughs> Alex was not born yet when all that stuff happened. So, Lord, we come into your presence now. We thank you for your blood that was shed, that you gave freely on the cross for us, that we could be saved, that we could be cleansed, that we could be healed. And we take these elements reminding ourselves that you did not give up. You hung on to that cross. You didn't let go of that cross. God, you embraced the cross. And because you died, we can have life. And because your body was broken, we can be whole. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the bread of life. And we receive these elements now by faith. Lord, remembering that we're family and that we're called to your table. Lord, and you said whoever wants to, whoever, whosoever will, may come. So we come today because you made a way. We thank you today that you will guide us, you will bring us home, you will lead us, you will take us to where you have for us. And we receive gratefully and we, re we rejoice today in who we are because of you. In Jesus' name.